football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. Brent Forbes for three and a hit for Milwaukee. Forbes. Again, the one-footer, Brent Forbes. Little sidestep, Brent Forbes, and he's fouled, and it counts. A chance at a four-point play for the sharpshooter, Brent Forbes. What is up, and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the pod. Coming in with some Bryn Forbes love. Oh, I absolutely love it. At the time of recording, it is Wednesday afternoon. This particular podcast is not going to uh, have a bunch of um, you know lifespan to it in terms of the timeline of uh, the Nuggets and when they play. But uh, I just got done with my radio show here in Denver. Stokely and Zach just got off the air and coming in here because I just wanted to check in. Um, on a couple different things, mainly the trade and just, you know, just some initial thoughts uh, about it. Uh, typically, this podcast comes out every single Tuesday and then, you know, oftentimes another day during the week, um, just depending on when the Nuggets uh, play. So uh, I said that to say we'll have another episode tomorrow uh, on Thursday, January 20th, reacting to the uh, Wednesday night game on national television against the Los Angeles Clippers, which I also have some thoughts about, and we'll get to that uh, shortly. But I uh, did not record the podcast on the typical Tuesday. I had a very busy um, day just at home with my family. I have an eight-year-old daughter um, who uh, – Nate or eight-year-old daughter. No, I don't. Uh, I have an eight-week-old daughter. Yeah, she is very itsy-bitsy. She's so small. She's like a little baby bird. Um, and we're going through some, through some stuff, and it's going to be okay, all good. Um, but she uh, had some surgery yesterday, so I was not at work on Tuesday and um, knew I could come right in here and, uh, you know, get my rocks off a little bit talking uh, about the Nuggets on a Wednesday. So uh, appreciate you here being with me. All right, let's just talk about just the mechanics of this trade that went down. Um, if you're hearing this, uh, you probably already know that the Nuggets – are acquiring Spurs guard Bryn Forbes, Bryn, B-R-Y-N, in a three-way deal with the Boston Celtics. Uh, uh, San Antonio Spurs, of course, right? right? That's where Forbes is coming from. So we got a three-way deal. Uh, This story broke on uh, Tuesday night. It was kind of late. It was a Woj bomb, late-night Woj bomb. Uh, So some folks uh, reacted to it on uh, Wednesday morning, but... We know that the Nuggets uh, are sending Bull Bull and P.J. Dozier to the Boston Celtics, all right? And then the Spurs, coincidentally, are going to acquire Boston's forward and former Denver Nugget, Juancho Hernan Gomez. So this is a full, like, Nuggets family, you know, shift of the the dinner table here. Um, 
And Boston is, or the Spurs are also going to acquire uh, Denver's 2028. Yes, I did say 2028 second round pick. So, and those picks are that that pick is uh, protected there. um, You know, in the in the in the uh, early 30s there. And then San Antonio is going to receive some money uh, in the trade, uh, and some of that is going to come from Boston as well. Now, from a Nuggets standpoint, um, Forbes is going to, and he, he's he's got to. This is the this is the function of why this is happening. Uh, he's got to improve the Nuggets three point shooting. All right, he is a damn good three point field goal shooter. All right, comes out of uh, Michigan State. All right, um, is from uh, Lansing. Uh, Michigan, all right, he's been in the league for a couple years. So, okay, is this a big deal? In terms of NBA trades, I wouldn't file it under a it, it being a big deal, but I think it can be a mini big deal for the Nuggets. And I do like this trade really for all parties uh, involved, all right? The Celtics are going to save some money, uh, which is going to help them avoid the luxury tax. All right, the Nuggets are going to get a shooter and simultaneously uh, get a a malcontent out of Denver in the form of Bull Bull. Now, PJ Dozier is an unrestricted free agent this summer. All right, now Bull is going to be restricted, but PJ was already done for the season, right? With that ACL, we know that. So he wasn't coming back, and he was un- unrestricted. Bull Bull, they already tried to trade. They traded him again. Guy got traded twice in like ten days. Very unusual situation that happened with Detroit. We didn't really discuss it too much uh, here on the podcast, but you know, typically when you try to send a player uh, to another destination and it's a it's a non-starter from the um, from the uh, physical standpoint, um, it's a black eye for the organization that is sending him because it's almost like you knew something that that we didn't know when you tried to get one over on us, kind of thing. Um, that can be often the sentiment. Uh, I don't think there was anything malicious from Denver's standpoint. That's typically just just not how this organization operates. Um, so I'm just going to continue under that premise. Um, for whatever reason, it, it just wasn't approved by the Pistons. So he finds his way back in Denver for a hot second and then right back out the door. So the Bull Bull era comes to an end. Um, Bull Bull for me, we, you know, we didn't talk about him a lot on the podcast here. Um, because I, I was just never a believer um, that he was going to be an every night contributor for this team. I th- thought that he was a, a forecast, a projection. Um, you know, he he was a he was a raw talent, but beyond that, um, not really anything much more to speak of. Um, didn't have a great attitude. Uh, did not carry himself great in the public eye in terms of social media and some of the stuff that uh, posts that he would interact with. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about that here this season, and I said, man, this guy's got to be careful. This guy's got to be careful. If you think you're being cute or making yourself more desirable by liking posts that say, you know, Bowl's too talented to be wasting away on the Nuggets bench, like, you are not doing yourselves any favors. And I think that the Nuggets, they tried. Um, it was a worthy uh, gamble uh, with an organization like the Nuggets have to take. Um, it just didn't. It just didn't pay any dividends. So... Um, they, they, the fact that they're able to, to really seamlessly transition after the failed trade, perfect. All right. Um, going back to Bryn Forbes, uh, this is a guy, Forbes, who ranks third in 
three-point field goal percentage over the last four seasons among players with more than 1,000 attempts, all right? And I'm taking that from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski's piece on ESPN.com, all right? Um, he trails only Brooklyn's Joe Harris and Philly's Steph Curry in that regard, all right? Third in three-point field goal percentage in the last four NBA seasons. So the sample size is plenty appropriate. And then embedded within that article on ESPN.com, um, it, it highlights from Second Spectrum his catch-and-shoot ability, which is really a fleeting skill set. Like, I feel like just catching and shooting used to be a lot more emphasized um, in previous generations. And I talk about this in seasons past with Jamal Murray, that is for as good as a shooter as Jamal Murray is, not often enough, and sometimes just flat out rarely, do you see Jamal just catch the ball and shoot it. From three, whether you're talking about corner, wing, top of the key, whatever, just catching and shooting. Um, it's I'm not going to say it's a lost art because guys do it. Clay Thompson um, is is terrific and would be the chief example of catch and shoot. But I brought that up because the the se- second spectrum numbers say that Bryn Forbes has shot 45 percent on catch and shoot threes over the last two seasons. That's the fifth best mark among 102 players with at least 300 catch-and-shoot three-point attempts. All right, it's Joe Harris, it's Seth Curry, it's actually Marcus Morris Sr. uh, as well, who's in the high 40s, Luke Kennard, and Bryn Forbes. So, like, really encouraging when we talk about, like, this skill set matching up with whether it's the second unit playing off the ball or if it's playing off Nikola Jokic uh, at any point in time. Right, like Nikola Jokic is like the sun, and the rest of the players are in his orbit and kind of rotating um, around uh, him, and and uh, so often can be just an easy, easy shot off of Jokic uh, as he draws so much attention. So, you know, hopefully, um, Bryn Forbes um, provides that, and and you know, and I also wanted to to mention this as well, and I talked about this on my radio show today, is that. You know, culture with NBA teams, especially like the Nuggets, they're so important. All right, they're so important. You don't, you don't, you don't want jerks. All right, and there's a lot of jerks in the NBA who are just bet, like you're going to have turds in these NBA locker rooms. But I think it's noteworthy that Forbes, coming from San Antonio, uh, in the first four years of his NBA career with the Spurs. All right. That's a certain brand of basketball that is indoctrinated into young players in San Antonio. Like, you're, you're going to be taught to play a certain type of way, and that's Spurs basketball. And that, of course, is emphasizing uh, playing the right way, you know, extra p- pass, uh, ball snapping, fluidity, playing together, all just the, just the classic, you know, um, team stuff, right? That's just, that's just who they are. That's their identity there in San Antonio. Has been for many, many years. Um, the fact that he came up in that program, in that organization, and then goes to Milwaukee and averages over 19 minutes for the Bucks, and was a, a good player uh, for Milwaukee, and they go win a championship, all right? So Bryn Forbes knows what it looks like. He knows what it feels like from a culture standpoint to 
um, to a championship standpoint. All right? He knows what it looks like. So the fact that he's here now, oh, 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 and, and I want to mention this. So, so he wins the title with Milwaukee. He's a free agent. Where does he go? Goes back to San Antonio. And for you to make that decision, um, I think it speaks to the things that you value as a player. And if you want to be a part of that environment, I would think, at least just on its surface, that you would value being a part of this environment in Denver, Colorado. So, um, your fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Is, is, is Bryn Forbes going to be the reason why the Nuggets are, uh, go from a first-round team to a second-round team? Probably not. Probably not. So, like, I, I don't want to underestimate the impact that, that Forbes can have here in Denver. All right? Because I think, too, um, you know, I knew Bryn Forbes, like, because I f- followed the NBA or whatever and, you know, know he, uh, uh, you know, was, had a really, uh, was on a really awesome team at Michigan State that I think went to the Final Four. But so I, it was like I knew of Bryn Forbes, but I didn't really perk up and watch him until last year's, um, or, or was like, I mean to say like hyper aware of him until last year's NBA playoffs in the first round against Miami. So if you remember, Milwaukee winds up uh, uh, getting uh, the draw of Miami, which at the time I was thinking, man, because the Heat were coming off a finals appearance in the bubble, and we didn't quite realize the regression of the, the, the final four teams the following season after being in the conference finals for those teams in the bubble. But the Bucks uh, rolled um, uh, Miami. All right? They, they swept them. It was, it was light work. Lightweight. Lightweight. Um, it was a sweep. But Forbes in that series, in game two, hit six threes. In game three, hit three threes. In game four, he hit seven threes. All right? Now, I'm not saying that that's who that guy is going to be on a night-to-night basis because in the very next round, he didn't shoot it nearly effectively against uh, Brooklyn. And in the NBA Finals, it just didn't play a whole heck of a lot. All right? Um, But he's capable. And I think he could be a really, really good fit. Really good fit uh, here in Denver. All right, so that's my uh, – oh, if you're, if you're, like, grading them, I know people do, like, you, you grade the trade. Um, I, I would give uh, Bryn Forbes and the deal, the, uh, the three-team deal for the Nuggets, I'd give it, uh, I don't know, a B plus, A minus, something like that. So good stuff. Yeah, and I, I, think, I, think, uh, I think all three teams uh, won here um, uh, in this trade. Uh, and really, chief among those three, the Nuggets. Just to be totally, uh, totally frank, um, tonight, and, and, and depending on where uh, or when, rather, you're listening to this, um, it's the Clippers at home. Uh, I've said last week on this podcast uh, that it was the worst loss of the year, in my opinion. That 87-85 loss uh, early last week, um, January 11th, the date was uh, 25 point lead blown to a squad that had no business uh, coming back 25 points um, on the Nuggets. If you remember, it was like Reggie Jackson going nuts uh, in the fourth quarter. It was Terrence Mann uh, scoring nine of his 13 in the fourth quarter. Reggie Jackson had 11 of, uh, of his points in the fourth quarter. I think he had two, just two points leading up to that point. I mean, it was a disaster. Uh, the Clippers scored 28 points in the first half of an NBA game and won. 
Uh, think about that. It was the lowest total in any half. I, I think we mentioned that on the last uh, podcast. The lowest scoring half of, of any game in, uh, of, of any team this season, and, and they actually went on to win the game. It was embarrassing. Malone was frustrated, uh, you know, had those comments. And then after that, they absolutely destroy Portland. Uh, that was on national TV last Thursday where they win by, you know, 32 points. The Nuggets just typically don't blow teams out like that, uh, but they did. And that was a game where uh, Jeff Green, I think, dunked like 19 times. Jeff Green has been flying around. Jeff Green has been flying around this league for a long, long time. But, like, really in the last, like, week and a half, I don't know if he's, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, the, the guy looks spry. The guy looks um, like he's 26 years old again. So that that's been great to see because he followed that up against the Los Angeles Lakers. I think he had I think he had five dunks against Portland and four against the Lakers. I want to say, um, so they cracked the Lakers, uh, and that was fun as hell uh, on Saturday night. I actually gave tickets away uh, to that game on my Twitter account at Byesline uh, to just a random free follower, um, but that was that was a fun one as well. Uh, Jokic didn't have to break his back in that one. He plays less than 30 minutes. It was it was uh, 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 Jeff Green who played you know just tremendous as I as I mentioned flying around. He had 26, but then Bones Highland really stole the show with those 27 points, six made three pointers. Just a blast to watch. And then uh, on uh, the very next night on Sunday evening, uh, in the midst of all those football games that were happening uh, on Super Wild Card Weekend, uh, tucked in there was a loss against Utah in which the Nuggets were in it for uh, three quarters and just got just blown out uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, they got outscored by 20 points in the final 12 minutes. So that's really and, – and the reason I'm kind of just like going through and just like recapping in my head because we I actually have not recorded the Mile High Hoops pod since after the Clippers loss. So between the, the weekend and then the holiday on Monday and my daughter having surgery, just a lot going on. So – uh, wasn't able to react to. So I just want to uh, just kind of catch us up, you know, here uh, on the Mile High Hoops uh, podcast. Uh, last note here before we go, and once again, we're going to record again um, on Thursday uh, reacting to the Clippers game. Uh, former Clipper Boogie Cousins continues to be, um, and by the way, Boogie's played for like nine teams, it feels like, but uh, Boogie could be, should be joining the Nuggets any day. I don't know what's still holding it up. Um, I guess he's a little bit banged up. I, I mean, is he healthy or is he not? I, are they saving him for the road trip? I, 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 just, I just don't know. Is it a 10-day or is it for the rest of the season? I just don't know. Just don't know. If I were to guess, I'd say it starts with a 10-day. I believe that's what they did with Austin Rivers. Um, you know, sort of a question mark personality. Is it going to fit? Let's just put our toe in the water before we dive in. Um I wouldn't be shocked if that's the approach they take with Boog, uh, Boogie Cousins. I, I know that um, he does have a good relationship with Michael Malone, uh, so it could just be out of the gate, you know, hey, you're with us for the season. But we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll see if it happens at all. We've been talking about it, you know, for a couple weeks. Like, is this thing actually going to go down? We'll, we'll see. Um, I think it ultimately will, um, but uh, just kind of a waiting game uh, until it does happen. Uh, right now at the time of recording, the Denver Nuggets are 22-20. and 20. Uh, If you look at the playoff standings, they're right there in that sixth seed, uh, which is important, of course, uh, out of that uh, play-in uh, tournament there. Uh, they are a couple games back behind Dallas, but we still got a long ways to go, right? We're, we're you know, talking about 42 games of an 82-game season, so we're, 
we're right at the halfway point here, and um, we'll see how things unfold. I will say this, depending on when you listen to this, um, thank you for listening, uh, but depending on, uh, depending on when you do, the Clippers game could have already happened. Um, I will say this, and I hope I don't get my foot totally lodged into my mouth. Um, I think they win in a big way uh, on uh, Wednesday night on ESPN at 8 o'clock. I think they win in a big way. Uh, I think they owe that Clippers team. Um, that Clippers team is not very good. All right, they're 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 just not. Um, they're from an availability standpoint. You know, there's no, um, there's still no Paul George, although he could be coming back soon. It's not going to be against the Nuggets. You know, you know the deal with Kawhi. Um, so I, I just I don't I don't think that team of Batum and Zubac and Reggie Jack. You know, it's funny. I, I'm I'm watching the, the the preview on ESPN. It's like they're like Clippers and the 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 Nuggets on Wednesday night on ESPN. And and for the graphic, it's the reigning MVP Nikola Jokic, and then it's Reggie Jackson. That's who that's who they threw up there as the current face of that franchise. Um, kind of a microcosm of how I think that uh, the Wednesday night game is going to go. Um, it's payback time. All right, revenge is a dish that is better served cold, and that is exactly what I think we get at Ball Arena on Wednesday night. I hope that I'm right, but you know that whatever happens against those Clippers. We'll be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help.